Previously on Anything Goes. It was straight people, heterosexual. They are the ones that are, you know, at a 49%. I got last I checked, yeah. 49% uh, success like rate. So just under half. Uh, depending on where you live, are making a success of marriage. So that's really the biggest threat, is that the straight people can't make it work. So, But is there any numbers on gay unions and the percentage? Well, it's hard to say because they haven't been around as long. Right. Right? But right now they're they're trouncing it. Like, But again, we've only had 10 years of it in right, Canada. Right, so right. time will tell. But I, I'm, if I had go, to go Vegas odds, I'm going to say that uh, the lesbian and gay community is going to uh, make make us look bad. Right. <laughs> it's going to yeah, make right. us right. heteros. They're right. going to school us. I have a, I have a good feeling. Because when you've fought for something for so long, right. you know, and yeah. uh, and it's something that that is, is you haven't had your whole life. I feel like they're going to take it more seriously. You know what I mean? Maybe once they get married, a lot of lesbians are going to be. I didn't realize what a cunt you were. See ya. I'm getting the fuck out of here. It had to take marriage to ruin our relationship. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. This piece of paper. And now let's get to a new exciting show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? With two scoops of fuck you. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. And Kathleen McGee. And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you. Can you dig it? Yeah. No waste any more energy on Yeah, no, it's, it's ridiculous. And it's... So Dave, explain explain to us how you fucked up the Twitter account. Let's start there. What'd you do? What happened there? Well, okay. Well, I'll be the first one to say that I'm not a Twitter guy. I don't know very much about it, <laughs> and uh, I shouldn't be on it in the first place. But you know, I know. I mean, I think Darren, you and I were talking about it. I know Darren's got things to do. So we got into the Twitter account, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'll uh, I'll make a couple of rearrangements of a couple of things here, and. Um, they asked me uh, what my birthday was, and uh, so I just thought, oh, well, this is the Anything Goes account, and the show started in 2010. Oh, sure. no. So, uh, I will, uh, I'll make my, so the birthday of the account should be 2010, shouldn't it? Way to go. <laughs> and uh, so uh, they asked So me, now uh, we're a 10-year-old boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice, Dave. I, I, no, I, hey, hey, you know, it's... The, the account hadn't been touched since 2014. Nobody was crying out to hear from us, but I also did not make it any easier by getting the uh, account suspended. So, also, even a 10-year-old boy knows to lie about his age on the internet, so he can yeah. get to the adult sites. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. No, if, if, if porn was on the other side of the, uh, of the window, then I would definitely, uh, I would have known better to lie about it. Uh, and there's a lot of porn on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's full of Twitter. It's a, it's, yeah. it's a waterfall of Twitter. Um, like I did a show at a Sawyer's Club this weekend, and I tweeted them, and they retweeted it, and then I got all of these like followers of like male escorts in Edmonton and Calgary mm -hmm. that must go to the Sawyer's Club, and like there's like a ton of porn on there. <laughs> there's like full on like I'm like on Twitter. Wow. Okay. All right. Oh, <laughs> loads of loads of porn on Twitter. I, I just did, I. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm a very naive person in in, in many ways, and I always hope not I, you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I uh, so, anyways, yeah. So I, I told Twitter that I was a ten year old boy, and I've been sending them like my, my ID, <laughs> both my passport ID, my driver's license, my health card. I've been sending one each day, hoping that that's this gets just corrected. just say you're Pete Townsend. You're doing research. You want to end on an episode of To Catch a Predator? You know, all the, the things you're trying to do, Dave. You can be honest. You're trying to catch some predators. I, I wish it was that easy. With that mustache and that haircut, you're going for the... Put the sweater on and we're back in the old days. You I do have the, a little pedophile way about you right now. <laughs> cop mustache and cop haircut. Yeah. I call this the Cheech. So eventually it'll... It's going to get a little bit smaller tonight, so I hope everyone recognizes the sacrifices that I'm making for the show in my <laughs> hair department. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> now you're we're 
Go ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. You go ahead. I was going to We were talking earlier about you made a point. I thought you had either seen this point or I didn't know that you made it up, but I found it interesting when you called CNN uh, riot porn. Yeah, I did. It's just, it's like, it's one of those, it's like, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, it's kind of, it's like, a, it's a, a addictive and it's hard to take your eyes off of it. Right. But I mean, it's, it is, I find it, I do find it like riot porn. You know, you sort of like, you know, you're at home, there's nothing you can do. You're sort of like, is this really helping me? It's sort of like, it's. Are you well, masturbating to it? Is that what you're saying? Well, that's not, that was my two <laughs> questions. One, how long does it take? And number two, are you only watching it for the music? Because I think I am. <laughs> So far, the so far the riots have had a horrible soundtrack. But yes, um, but yeah, it's. I mean, it's like watching porn and not masturbating. You know, you're sort of like getting so up to this point of like, well, what can I do? What can I do? And it's just right. it gets to be unhealthy to watch at a certain point. You can you can tune in and you can tune out, but it's just sort of like, what am I? What am I getting out of this? It just it's 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 the same though with social media right now though. Like I. I try not to be on it, but like I get on it and then I just can't stop looking at it. And then I get upset and then I feel awful and I feel like I'm not doing enough. And so I share more and then I'm like, people are like, you're sharing too much. And I, so it's just kind of like, it's a very, it's just, an, it's awful right now. It is awful right now. And just dealing with everybody on your social media, dealing with people that you thought were good people and mm -hmm. turns out they're trash. And yeah. uh, so it's actually... That's, I find that to be a positive. I'm finding out, you know, I'm getting rid of people that I should have gotten rid of a long time ago. And, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's so much all at once and it's never ending. Mm -hmm. And if you're watching CNN, if you're on Instagram, if you're on Twitter, it's everywhere and you can't get away from it, but you shouldn't get away from it. It's just a very weird and crazy time. And well, yeah, I think no, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's really, it's really, really unhealthy. I mean, the, uh, um, I, I mean, I, and I think it's good to be informed and it's good to sort of know what's going on out there. But at a certain point, you're sort of like, you know, I'm, I'm alone in my apartment and what can I do about this? I'm right. not learning anymore. I'm not, uh, I'm not getting anything more out of this. It's just sort of like this, like weird, what's... Well, I mean, there's, a, go ahead. there's been a couple articles about what you can do. I mean, the number one thing you can do is stop spending your money at places that either, you know, put heavy money into Republican uh, politicians or, you know, companies that have, don't have a good track record with, uh, you know, black representation. There's things that you can do. And there's been articles that have been posted about it, but they're not the ones that are talked about the most. The most that is talked about is all the riots and the damage and it's all the collateral damage, not the real issues that are being talked about because it's a shell game. Let's talk about, you know, this store that was broken into more than how we can fix it. Right, right, yeah. I mean, it's like, and you, and it's you know what? There, there's money and hate and in 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 violence on TV, and I mean, I just, CNN just absorbance like a sponge, you know. It's, and and everything comes out so fast that it's almost oh, yeah. hard to fact check. Like, I don't know. I'm sure you heard about the guy that showed up at the Toronto rally in blackface. Yes. And yes. and so everybody was like, "Who's this asshole?" Blah blah yep, blah. Let's get and him. then yeah, and then Sun Media who. I don't know. I take them with a grain of salt comes yeah. out and says he's mentally ill. He, yeah. his mom collected him or something, but I also saw a video of him screaming. It's my right. It's my right. So he might be schizophrenic. He might have issues, but I don't know. Like that coming, showing up at a black lives matter rally in blackface. Like even if you're mentally ill, that just seems like. So he it, says he claims, he claims that he was doing it to support them. He thought this is one way in his own head that he could support them. Yeah. So if that's true, that's obviously a mental issue. Illness. Yeah. Uh, illness. Um, but yeah, then there's the, the idea of like, it's my right to. So it's like, you know, it, it's like when you say I was drunk, but I wasn't that drunk. And yes. you know, you're trying to justify things. Well, I also think that they're trying to protect him because people are so angry right now oh, yeah, of course. that someone would hurt him or they would completely try to destroy him as a human being because it is a knee-jerk thing. Like you just... As soon as you see something bad happen, you want that corrected immediately and you want action immediately. And, right. and then there's no looking into anything. There's it's it's like trial by social media right well, now. It's also this. I talked to Dave about this, this Glee situation. I don't watch Glee, but I guess there's an actress on it who um, was awful posted, to all of the other. 
Yeah, but what happened in the beginning oh, is she yeah. posted something pro Black Lives Matter, and then an actress, a black actress, said, you know, when I was on your show, you didn't treat me well, which led to her getting like losing sponsorships. But then other people came out and said, no, no, she wasn't nice to me. So it's not so much that she's racist; she was she's just nice. being hunt. You know, like yeah, yeah. that she and, she was hateful towards everyone, not just one group. But like you said, the rally cry of let's get her first. This is a thing that everyone can be motivated around is the fact that she was bad to this black actress. Let's go for her now. And now a couple of days later, we find out that it's, oh, she's just a cunt. Yeah. Right. I mean, but that, it, I mean that, that's like, I mean, there's the, a person that sort of uh, brought up something in the Toronto comedy scene a, a while ago, like that happened years ago. And then she brought it up again. Um, and it's, I mean, there are some people that are determined to make something about uh, like race when people really, when that individual just can't accept the fact that it's personal against her, you know, it's like, it's, it's like, no, we personally, people don't like you. People don't, it's not pe people are against you and your cause, but it's people just don't like you. It's, right. it's, 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 yeah. But it's, like, it's look at, unsettling. look at like Mark Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg posted something mm -hmm. about like black lives matter. And then all these people are like, uh, are we forgetting that he has a whole, thing on wikipedia about hate crimes that he committed when he was a oh, younger yeah. man one second sorry. And, and go ahead and it's now being like someone said he got it deleted off of his wikipedia or moved to a different area so but then it's like so okay he did that when he was in his 20s and it was awful and horrible but yeah. maybe he has changed like look at america american history x that whole movie is about that how right. this guy goes from being right. a horrifying horrifying person to he's completely reformed and he completely understands like i had a friend say that her uncle who was the most racist person she's ever met in her entire life messaged her the other day and said i finally understand and i don't feel that way anymore so right. are you going to hold somebody for the rest of their life or do you want to let people grow and change like it's the same thing with i feel like with the me too movement some of the stuff you just have to like in your own heart, let go and forgive and move on. Some of this stuff is unforgivable, right. but like it's everybody's being held to this huge thing and people make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes in their life. The only people that are good people are the people that realize that they've made mistakes and change and become better. Right. I think to Mark Wahlberg, I mean, I kind of yelled about it five or six years ago about, you know, not a lot of people even knew cause I did a joke about it. And most people were like, they didn't have time to laugh cause they didn't know the story. They're more yeah. like, what? What are you talking about? And I'm like, no, this has actually happened. He did this. He assaulted an Asian man. He went blind in one eye, hit him with a pipe. Um, it's on record. It's all out there. And since then, there's been conflicting reports that he hasn't done anything for the family or the guy. And some reports say he has. I think for most people, I agree with what you're saying. It's been 20 years. But if he's done nothing for that guy since, like not even yeah. checked in, Right. I would personally have a problem. Like if I did that and oh, I'm, yeah. like, I'm a better person and I had millions of dollars, I think I might, you know, help him out a little bit. Right. Or oh, family. Yeah. So yeah. I think I like there's, it. there's this kind of, what do we do? Do we say it's, it was 20 years ago and I moved past it? Or do you actually try to mend what you did to that person? Cause you made them blind. And I think that's where people are having a problem with the Mark Wahlberg story. Has he well, made any kind of donations or has he done anything like that? I that's don't the know. Thing. I don't like, know. Look at Michael Jordan it's, it's, just donated a hundred million dollars, you know? Yes. Right. Well, it's, first of all, Michael Jordan's the only one. How come nobody ever might call out Michael Jordan for his Hitler mustache for about, you know, he wore that yeah. for about five or six years. But anyway, right. but I think there's, there's a lot of people out there that honestly don't want people to change because that's what they, that's all they have. And they can fight anger. against. Yes. And also, there's a lot of people that don't, don't realize that you have to sit down with these people that you're angry with and try to find some common ground and, and, and want to speak to people. So it's sort of like, I mean, a lot of people, they just are sort of like, no, I'm, no, no. If you did something six years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I, uh, I'm determined to still keep you with the same, but yeah. that you're the same person and, and you can't change. And it's just someone can do every. It's a damned if you do and if you damned if you don't thing. I mean, I can understand Mark Wahlberg. It's like you're a woman all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> to me, like there's a story that just came out today on TMZ, which, you know, I go every day yeah. uh, to TMZ.com. <laughs> but there's a story about this L.A. Galaxy soccer player 
who just got kicked off the team because his wife made comments about killing protesters. Right. So where does that stop? Your wife said something? Yeah. This to me is like when you go to a bar and a chick mouths off and then the boyfriend gets punched in the face. Yeah. I don't. I think people should be held accountable for their own things. I don't think you should be punished because you have an idiot. You're married to an idiot. I agree. Uh, like, I don't think that, I think that's a little bit much. He also came out supposedly and, and, and apologized for her comments, said he didn't agree with them, that it was wrong. And he still lost his job. I, that's, a, that's really, it's like you, well, it's, it's, it, that's what it's like nowadays. It's like, there, no, even if you apologize, it still is not going to be good enough for a lot of people. Well, um, that's so I don't know with the Louis CK thing too. And the Mark right. Wahlberg thing. It's just sort of like, although Louis CK though, just to clarify, he never literally said, I'm sorry. He admitted to doing it, right. but never in his life has he ever said, I'm sorry. So that's just, you're, that's you the are thing correct. about Louis CK. You are yeah. correct. Yeah, I get that. But it's, but also it's sort of like, a, and, but it, it almost was like people seemed to want a personal apology. Like every single person wanted a personal apology from Louis CK. And right. it's just sort of like, it's like when, like, what do you want from Mark Wahlberg? It's sort of like, I can understand him trying to not to shine any light on the story because then it's going to dig up his old story. And then it's uh, like, even if he, even if he donated money to this family, everyone's going to focus more on the crime that he did in the first place, yep, and yep. not the donation that he made. Right. I got to say PR people, it must be booming for them right now. <laughs> like spin doctors and PR, they must be like having a field day, just trying to bury stuff or write letters for everybody. And like, it's just, Okay. It, well, well, it, it, it's it's funny too that like sort of like I mean everyone has this sort of like if you if you stay silent then you are a part of the problem and you have to speak out. But then people try to speak out and then it's immediately like you know shut your face, uh, a white male privileged person. Go sit down. This is our time. You're not allowed to speak. And then you're immediately called out for not saying anything. And it's sort of like, well, what do I you know what do I do? You know, do I I speak up and then I'm told that I don't have any perspective on this matter so I should keep my mouth shut or um, I think what you should do is do what you want to do and speak up if you want to speak up be silent if you want to be silent and be prepared as white people to get negative reactions for either thing that you do because black people are mad right now and they have every right to be mad and we need to stop being like well I don't know what to do just do it right. and if somebody doesn't like it talk to them personally or something but just just we shouldn't be crying because we post something and someone tells us to shut up because you know they have every right to say that right now well i, yeah. I just also think that people need to be prepared to listen to someone from the other side and also be willing to have a com. everyone seems to want to have a conversation but nobody seems to want to listen hey i've been you know for the last two weeks of all the stuff that's been going on the internet with me all i've done is listen i haven't said anything i'm not going to say anything about it I've just been listening on purpose because some of the people that are angry have a right to be angry, but a lot of people aren't listening. When I go online, I see so many people trying to argue their point before listening. And that's, that's the other problem that, you know, you have people that won't let things go, but then you have people that aren't willing to listen, that they want you to know that they're right. And it's an endless win. But anyways, we got to wrap this segment up. We'll Howdy, folks. This is Adam West. You're listening to, oh, my God, Anything Goes with Darren Frost on XM Radio's Laugh Attack. Uh-oh. What have I done wrong here? Where's my... Everything, okay, we, Jason. We, we can hear you, but we can't see you. Hey, guys. Where's... Uh... There we go. Oh. There we go. I don't know why that wasn't working. Jason, do you go. like me? Do you have to keep take the oh. piece of tape off the camera? I do. See? <laughs> why i don't understand every time it's a guy that like has it on there i'm like you really think that the government's watching you jerk off <laughs> well i hope so well That's okay don't tape it i don't okay. tape it. i hope someone is if if they are watching me jerk off i don't want that to exist so that's lovely as a starting point you know, that right there, that's, that's good enough. And then, and then you see footage of uh, Zucker, Zucker Freak or whatever. Zuckerberg, yeah. He's got tape on his. Yeah. So, so you can't help but think, all right. I, I, if, I hate if the guy so who, much. If the guy who owns all media uh, is, is taking that approach, maybe we should be a little bit cautious. And we also, I talked about it, on, we did a piece on it on the Jim Jeffries show. And it turns out, sorry, I was grabbing a marker. 
it turns out that people are tapping into c computers and mm. stealing the video. So it's a real thing. So I went from cynic, <laughs> I went from cynic to believer very fast when we said, like, "Oh shit!" So I, I, uh, right, uh, I personally, I hate <laughs> myself so much. I want people to see me at my lowest point. So that's why not only do I not have tape on it, I have a, like a fisheye lens that I put over top of it so you can see more of me as I jerk off. I'm going sometimes the other I way. Just jerk off, sometimes I jerk off a dildo to make it look like it's mine, hoping <laughs> that footage gets out and gets yeah, spread around the internet. And a, and a big fountain of, of jizz just comes like, oh, no. I, I, yeah, entirely, I entirely don't mind that either. That's like the best kind of revenge porn yes. there can be. Yes. Like, you know, like we get the so lonely. The only kind of revenge porn, yes. <laughs> We're getting so lonely. We might as well. Whose job is it, though? Who is like, is this like a job that you can get? Because I, I mean, I get watching porn and watching people masturbating porn, but watching somebody when they don't think that they're being watched, it's got to be revolting, best. and you're never yeah. going to want to have sex no. again in your life. You come, <laughs> you come really hard. <laughs> you come hard. And, you, and you come extra hard because you're also recording it so that yes. you can extort them. Yes, it's, it's, it's more about so you're probably it's wanking a, out of joy that you're going to extort this person with the video you've just yeah. captured. Yeah. Well, every couple of, and I have I've had this tape uh, on my camera for <laughs> for years and years. I like uh, for the for the longest time, at least ten years. But still, every once in a while, I'll from going to a porn site and then coming back to it. Every once in a while, I'll get like a threatening letter telling me that they've watched me and they've recorded me yes and they want me to send something like eight hundred dollars <laughs> worth of bitcoin yeah um is that what men get because yeah. you, do you want to know what women get do you want to know what women get it's um i should look i get them i get about 10 a day uh it's on my instagram and it's always like Hello, I am a, no, I do get those, but it's like, hi, no, I'm a lonely man. I'm not looking for anything sexual. I'm going to pay you $200 a day just to be a friend. And, uh, and then you, so one day I did mess. I'm like, okay, so how do I do this? What do I do? And then he goes, well, first you get my Bitcoin. Then you take it to a Bitcoin machine. And I'm like, I'm going to pay you in check. And this, I'm like, can't you just do direct transfer into my bank account? He's like, no, 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 no. We don't do it that way. I'm like, well, then I don't, I'm not your friend. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. But I, I didn't uh, know that guys got extorted for their porn watching. That's interesting. Well, it's not I had no idea. Watching. It's basically they say, uh, we've watched you jerk off on the internet and we know what porn sites you go to. Yes. And we have yeah. this footage. And if you try to contact the police, we're going to send it to 10 of your friends. Yeah. And I'm sort and of. And then like, everybody you know knows That's that you're into amputee porn. Like everybody oh. knows what kind <laughs> of porn gets you off. I think we should go around the circle and everybody should say their, their favorite porn genre. <laughs> Oh, okay, whichever loads fastest. Me? I'll start. All right. I'm, I'm a, I love stepdad porn. <laughs> I think I do. Category. Of course, it's a category. There's nothing wrong with it. Everyone's like gross, but it's just like it's just the guy that your mom met on Plenty of Fish, and you could have met him too if your age preferences were higher. Okay, so wow, it's not that bad. And I have a favorite stepdad porn actor. But you're well, we you might need family. some background here. Do you have a stepdad? I do not. I've never had a stepdad ever. I think I just, okay. I just like, I just like authority. I like teacher porn. I like stepdad porn. I like, you know, I like a men yeah. with authority. You like sure. authority porn. All right. <laughs> okay. okay. Now you all have to go because I went. Yeah. yeah, go, Dave. You're next in the circle. Uh, well, I don't think I am because counterclockwise it should be. <laughs> but I am so simple. And to me, it's just like, I even skip the majority of the storyline. I get freaked out when it's like the stepson is, or the son is fucking his stepmom. And she says, oh, I always love this line too. It's like, it's like, ooh, your dick is so much bigger than your dad's. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time I've said that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, there's, there's that one. And then it's like, I, I, I've avoided the whole, like, I don't even care if, like, someone shows up with a pizza. I don't, I just zip right to the part where the, where the blowjob starts, and then, uh, and then I stop. As soon as I'm finished, I'm, I'm out of there. You know, I'm done. But, um, it's, it's all very... Like, immediately you turn it off. Immediately. Yeah. And then he does yeah, this. He just puts I, the tape over the thing, and he's done. I don't see where the, I don't, I don't care how the plot progresses after that. I don't need to see a towel being. But don't you want to know if she, she got home, Dave? You got to know if she got home, she's safe. 
Well, no, it's usually done at their house, or, or she's trying okay. to trick the pool boy or something like that. Right. But, <laughs> I think uh, there was one that I saw, though, once where it was a, um, I guess there's a, a two girls sitting by poolside, and there was a guy there, and then one of the women gets up, and I guess she goes for groceries or something, and then so the girl and the guy start talking, and then they start fooling around, and uh, and then we find out that, like, oh... <laughs> In the story, I guess the guy is going out with the woman's sister, and then, <laughs> so you watch the you watch the whole scene. And then sometimes I scroll down and I look at some of the funny comments, and someone actually wrote the comment while you're still masturbating. No, no. This is deep. He comments. He comments. He comments while he's masturbating. No, I've never signed he's in. Got a free so hand. To, yeah, he's Generation X, one-handed typer. Yeah. Oh, Cyberman! <laughs> Cyberman, nineteen ninety nine. What was the comment, Dave? Oh, oh, so it's sort of like, um, so I, uh, well, afterwards, while I'm sort of uh, cleaning up the leftovers, um, I'm, uh, uh, I looked at what, and one of the comments was, uh, "Hey, this is a hot scene, but still, cheating's wrong, bro." <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's not, no, he's wrong. not wrong. That's great. <laughs> That's great. He thinks it's a documentary. But uh, my another, my another, my favorite porn, all right? Okay, your favorite porn is uh, stepdad porn. Yeah. Wow. Vote for stepdad porn. <laughs> I got to admit, I clicked on stepdad porn by mistake the other day, and while she was um, saying to him in the throes of passion that she wishes he, she, he was her real dad. I just found myself thinking, oh, you don't feel that way. That's not true. So I just tried to correct the porn. Well, have you have, have you guys ever been rickrolled in porn? What does that mean? So you think you it's like the it's like watching a music video or something, and all of a sudden they cut to Rick Astley in the video. It's a, kind of they punk you. Yeah, yeah. So there was this time where you were watching something, and then it would cut to like gay porn. Like you you'd be like almost coming, and then it'd switch over to gay porn, or there's something that would be like way out there. That's and wrong. so you're right. like, what the fuck? Oh my God, I was Rickroll. <laughs> the, uh, another one of my other favorite things is that usually after you go to a porn site, somehow I'll get a friend request on Facebook and it's this, you know, beautiful, gorgeous woman. And uh, she's like, oh, I have a, oh, I, do you want to see me uh, do, uh, oh, do you want to see me uh, have some pictures of, of sex? And, Things like that, and it's sort of like, <laughs> well, you, you nailed, you nailed the foreign accent there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, some pictures of sex. Pictures. <laughs> so for the like, Bitcoin, for the Bitcoin, <laughs> you get the picture of sex. So she's this gorgeous, gorgeous porno actress. What? And then you scroll down, and and then it, it's it's like then it then the photos start turning into like these pictures of this like Filipino boy in some village somewhere. And it's clear that someone just hijacked uh, someone yeah. else's profile. Oh yeah. And put wow. These things, but it's not like they're even trying very hard because you scroll down like maybe one page. So the comments again. <laughs> yeah. And then you start reading comments. Then. I love that you actually like look into this person. Like you don't yeah. just realize right away that it's a total scam. Yeah. <laughs> she might be real. She might be. Oh no, she's not. <laughs> Well, no, but I've, I've actually, there's been a couple of times where I've seen someone, or someone will friend request me, and then I'll see that she has mutual, this porno scam fake profile will have mutual friends of mine. Sure. Be friends with her. And then I've messaged those mutual friends, and I've said, hey, do you know who this person is? The first link on their on their profile is to a porn site. And then you just get, and then, then immediately I met with, like, Hey man, don't tell me who to be friends with. <laughs> wow. Oh, I like if I get a friend request from somebody and uh, they are friends with a certain amount of male comics, I'm like, and it's a girl, I'm like, no, <laughs> we're not gonna be friends. I know what you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's quick. That's quick. <laughs> so you don't, so you don't like comedy fans? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Don't trust them. <laughs> No, no, not the not the ones with like giant boobs and like no. I'm yeah. like I know I know you're a hooker. <laughs> oh, those are my favorite fans. <laughs> <laughs> hooker fans. Oh, hooker fans. Um, so you've been you just released an album, right? In this pandemic situation. I have, yeah, yeah. I put an album out a couple weeks ago now. Yeah, yeah. I think and exactly how, two weeks ago. And yeah. how's that been in the in the new world order? 
Yeah, really good. Really happy that I managed to get it done since right. we're, not, we're not able to go out and perform live. So I had basically, and I got lucky too, my producer was supposed to be working with Kids in the Hall. And of course, because Kids in the Hall got put on hold right. as well. So I had this producer sitting in his home in the next suburb. And I basically, I have 100 hours of touring audio from the right. last year. So I was able to just give it to him and go, here, let's do this project. Wow, that's awesome. So it kind of came together because otherwise, otherwise he was just saying, I'll be your producer, I'll be your producer, but I got to work with kids in the hall right now. So I got kind of, you know, I got kind of lucky. I think we all had to, you know, uh, compromise and stuff. And uh, But he came free and so I managed to get it done. Now, you said you're, like, in your next block over. Are you in L.A. right now? You're still in L.A., right? Yeah, I'm in Hollywood. I'm close to where all the porn is filmed. Yes. Nice. Right there. Uh, right at the, at the end of your arm. At the uh, yeah. end of your arm. <laughs> it is literally right. There might be one. Uh, <laughs> I have been to several parties. And you would love it because I think I've been to several parties where I recognize the balcony and the view. Right. <laughs> <laughs> case because half of those airbnb uh properties which i'm just at the foot of the hills right here so uh you know when people rent them out for bachelor dues or a buddy yeah. of mine just, just rented it because he was in town for a week and i remember being up on the balcony going this looks really familiar and you realize oh that's that's the biggest income of all these properties right rent, yeah, renting them out yeah. for the day yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so, yes in- I am. i'm still here in hollywood when I was there, I, w- I was at the comedy store one night, and that uh, guy, was, I was talking to this dude, and he turned out to be a porn producer, and then um, he said, oh, you could do porn, and I was like, me? <laughs> and then he, but then he goes, you know, like, fetish, fat girl fetish porn. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks a lot, you piece of shit. <laughs> I was like, thanks a lot. Well, no, I took his card. I did take his card. <laughs> You're like, you asshole, but you just... Thank you very much. Who knows? Something might happen. Who knows? <laughs> I'm, JJ, I'm always wondering. I mean, I'm a big fan of like uh, of the show that you worked on, the Jim Jeffries one. Uh, yeah, I, I, was, I loved the, uh, when um, Larry Wilmore had his show. Oh, yeah, me too. I wish we were doing the show right now. I wish it would have been, this, this would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the perfect uh, climate to do it in. But mind you, we're also in a climate where you can't be in a gray area right now. Right. And that's, yes. where most, that's where most of the comedy, unfortunately, comes from. If you're a comic and you're willing to wade into the gray area and pick holes in everything. And it's kind of proving hard to do right now because everybody seems very all or nothing, especially yes. here in America. So yes. well, it's, it's funny that, I mean, like, I, I love the joke that you actually did uh, that I, I've, I've seen where you're sort of like, you talk about... Uh, if I was going to open up my own business, I would hire all women. Yeah. yeah. And, then th- and you're just like, think of the money that I would save. Yeah, exactly. Which I, which oh, I think fucker. That's a really good joke. That's a really good joke. But it almost yeah. is sort of one of those, like, you can hear it's a mix of laughter but to, of guys and girls. But it is one of those jokes where you sort of laugh and then you're me- and then I could see you know someone laughing going like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that is yeah. Cool. I know. It's yeah. It, in a way, it's a counterpoint to a lot of people's arguments. Even though I think, even like I'm a liberal, and I'd be on the side of, you know, of course, uh, equal pay and all that kind of stuff. But there's a huge flaw in these arguments sometimes. Yeah. That, right. that again, that's the gray area. Like I like to live yes. in that gray area, but I have to call out some of my allies sometimes because there are. Cause right. I want women's rights and I want healthcare for all. I want these things, but I don't like it when people lie about something to try to drive to get them. there to get there yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. i have to i have to call out these little uh these little observations here and there so you know uh we're still allies but uh that's that's the job isn't it right i did a show on saturday and it's like um it was my first headline setback and it's like you tell your jokes and then you're like i don't know if i should be telling this joke anymore like you there's a lot of stuff that might not fly anymore um i it's yeah. very I just think comedy is going to be really screwed for a very long time. <laughs> I don't know if that's pessimistic of me, but... I know. I, yeah. I mean, I'm pessimistic too, but I, I hope it loosens up. I feel like 2018 was was hard and mm-hmm. 2019 was kind of hard too. And I feel like things were loosening up. I yeah. Felt, I, felt <laughs> I mean, we did a show in Vegas just before the pandemic hit. So Valentine's Day. We were in Vegas for Valentine's Day. Oh, that might have been it, too, because I think we all let loose on Valentine's Day. And there was a lot of, you know, like going back to the simple men and women days and stereotypes and stuff. There's a lot of stuff 
uh, that we were turning out that you couldn't do in 2018 and 2019. So there was a slight vibe that maybe we can just return to right. great comedy and leave it up to the audience to have a conversation afterwards. And understanding what intent is and, and all yeah, that. Or, yeah, or, yeah, it's, yeah, starting the conversation and stuff like that. So, so we were optimistic and now this has happened. So. But also crowds are dying to laugh, so they are a little bit looser. I yeah, they, think so. I just, they are. I was talking to someone earlier today, and they messaged me, and they were just sort of like, you've been do, doing comedy for, for quite some time. Has it always been this sensitive? And has it always has there always been this sort of knee-jerk reaction when someone says something that people immediately start pouncing on you, like as a comedian doing comedy? Yeah. And then I, I was just like, you know, actually, maybe about like 10 years ago or something like that. It, uh, people it comes in phases. I will, yeah, but I mean, I, I made the point that I said I became a comedian because I didn't want to be taken seriously. I wanted to be able to say shit and then people be like, oh, that guy's an idiot. He's just a comedian. <laughs> and, and also people just to be like, uh, well, it, and it's also, I mean, I know it's an old reference, but when did we put like George Carlin and Walter Cronkite on the same level? And right. It's like people don't even know what people want, literally want uh, like honest truth from a comedian but without the comedian angle. And I said to someone, comedians don't say things because they think that they're right. They say things because they think that they're funny. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I, got, I got jokes that, like, I wouldn't do anymore. Not because... I have albums. But I, <laughs> please, please do not go through the old anything goes tapes. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I heard... I'm a better person say, now. I think it comes in cycles because because uh, I'm not I don't know 100 percent about this story but but I guess it happened to Andrew Dice Clay in the 80s didn't it like he was playing yes. he was playing Madison Square Garden literally yep. a week a week before he got canceled like the 80s version of canceled because yes. there was a swell of offense towards his comedy. Oh no! <laughs> oh, he's gonna come back. I think he's gonna come back. Hey, this is Christopher Titus. You are listening to Anything Goes on XM Radio. And it, it actually is radio and really not anything goes. But we get close. <laughs> Take the oh, yeah. tape off. Tape on. <laughs> For that short period of time, you taped it. I don't even put the tape on just in case. Like, I don't know who uh, was looking at me. Oh, wow, you're fast. Uh, so you're I'm fast. We're gone for three minutes. You're fast. Figure out what I'm doing here. In case, oh, you, gosh, you, had, like, in case you had like a masturbating yeah. ghost behind you or something. Like that. <laughs> I, I, was, I was gone for a minute. So. So you were making a point about dice, and we want to pick this right back up about dice. What was your point well, about I dice? Well, I think I was just trying to say that the, I think the anger anger towards artists and stuff, I think it comes in phases. And I think right. that ha and it happened to Dice Clay in the late 80s. I remember somebody explaining to me that he had just, like, sold out Madison Square yeah. Garden, and then there was just Reunite. this swell of, like, we don't need. And yeah. dice, was, dice wasn't even an opinionated guy. He was just no. a crass. It was just a crass. A character. It was a yeah. character. It was, like, the guy you knew you worked down by the docks with. Hey, yeah. Uh, whatever. Yeah, and you know, and it caught its huge wave, and then, and you know, a lot of insult comedy and stuff was becoming cool. Like everything was in the early '80s. I think comedy was a little bit softer, and then in the late '80s, it just got really edgy, and then, uh, and then there was a swell of anger against it. And, uh, and uh, somebody was pointing out, yeah, Dice was like selling out Madison Square Garden, and he was literally uh, canceled a couple weeks ago, even though that wasn't a term yet. But you know, could, was, could there be another Don Rickles today? I That's what I was almost gonna say. When he when he survived, like literally when he no. survived. No. no, yeah, no. I mean, he got away with a lot of stuff just because he had so much history to him. Right. And he, somehow he was became this this beloved character. And Jason, I was saying uh, to to Darren and Kathleen, if you watch those old Dice concerts, it's like a big mixed crowd of men and women. For and sure. Nowadays. Yeah. Someone would would take screenshots of those women and call those women out for even laughing and enjoying being at a Dice Clay show. Yeah, and conversely, they would also try to take a screenshot and try to find the most men possible, and then yeah. they would canvas it with all oh, the all male audience, right. slaps it up again. So they do whatever they can to paint, you know, their their truth or whatever. But it's right. Well, I mean, uh, uh, two things about Dice was that yeah, he. 
he admittedly said that he's playing a character, but also at the same time, we never saw him do any other characters. Yes. So it's sort of right. like yeah. people saw him <laughs> as that guy. And also, I mean, I heard Colin Quinn in an interview, one, not in an interview, it was on a radio show once, that said, really, when they went after Dice Clay, it was all, um, uh, who is it, Al Gore's wife? Um, Tipper Gore. Tipper Gore, Tipper Gore yeah, yeah, and the see. PMRC. They went after Andrew Dice Clay, when in reality, what they really wanted to go after was hip-hop artists mm -hmm. and... And that, heavy metal. that level of misogyny, right? But of course, they they were afraid to do that because then they would have been called racist. Oh right, but let's right. go after Dice Clay because he's really telling like harmless, harmless schoolyard jokes that are, of course, they're misogynistic, but they're so over the top that yeah. it's, it kind of got to the point of like, why are you even paying attention to this guy? He's clearly just a goofball telling dumb jokes, and people well, are going to. It was just ridiculous. So. Yeah, I mean that's the move. Though. I think that's the move in contemporary society too is like we create a boogeyman so that we can tear him down to score mm -hmm. points with our tribe. Right. So no matter who you are out there or stuff, if you're doing something a little bit edgy, you could be that next boogeyman that they want to create so that they can, um, you know, just garner, uh, you know, affection amongst their own little tribes. It's very tribal. I mean, especially here in America, I find they're very tribal. So they will cast aspersions on something so that they can turn to their tribe and go, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. I always find that I always find that squeaky clean comics always have the the craziest skeletons in their closet because I thought like if you're that's if very you're true. Don't, comic, don't cause me. <laughs> yes, but if you're if, like there's yeah. other comics that I'm not going to name because it's not my story to tell, but there's clean comics that I've heard that are disgusting. One hundred stage two women oh, and. Yeah. And I feel like if you're edgy, you get it out. You get it out of you. You get that filth out. You get all that shit out. But if you're squeaky clean, you're going to be clean all the time. And then you're 100%. hiding it. 100%. 100%. I think some of the some of the creepiest or filthiest comics offstage are the ones who are cleanest on stage. Of course. Yes. Right. That's very oh, true. My experiences and other people's experiences. Very true. It's very true. But it's weird. But that's not public knowledge. No, because no. because I mean, you look at look at the look at the man I work for. Jim Jeffries is quite a sweetheart. He's actually right. a sweetheart. He's incredible. I've never heard anything negative about him from um, women or anyone. Yeah, unless they already don't like him because of his act, and then they try to paint some yeah. story, yes. and that yes. happens, and that happens all the time, where right. somebody will come up with a fabricated story or whatever to once again to try to gain points or something. Like we read some ridiculous things too, and I mean, well, Jim's not my only friend who goes through this, but. But you know, just when all of a sudden there's a complaint letter of like, and he and he attacked me uh, in the hallway, and then you know you've got the comic sitting there or Jim sitting there going, I didn't attack, and yeah, I, was doing, yeah. I was doing a meet and greet and I was waving at people, and that's right. that's it. But uh, so they are, they're always trying tricks like that, you know, and uh, yeah. and that's it. And because I would say that's the case with Jim, and even his girlfriend, the the mother of his child, she's been telling me she's been in LA for twenty years. And she was telling me that previous boyfriends that she's had and stuff, and some of them have really squeaky clean track records, and they're quite famous right. and stuff. Mm -hmm. But then they've done far meaner things. Which she literally well, said to me that Jim is really nice to her and stuff, whereas she's had other boyfriends who are celebrities and stuff who want her to get voice lessons or who who cast her down or who make fun of her in front of friends and stuff, do all these mean things. And that's well, that's it's all. it's like the old it's the old joke, right? It's like you're on stage or whatever, and you're oh Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me. Behind closed doors, fucking pee on me, pee on me. You know? It's, yeah. My favorite was always the, the you'd see comics on the road who would just who would purposely have this character on stage where they're they're really uh where they or they sort of drop all these sort of uh, hints in their act about how much they support women and, and uh, oh, I believe in equality. I, I and, and then you know, at the end of the day, it's you're literally well, look, Jamie like Kilstein fine tuning <laughs> the crowd so like some woman will come up to you after the show and go, I think that's just so great. Everything that you said about how you yeah. feel about women and equality, and you know, it is just the long con to get some some woman in bed. And it's yeah, yeah it's, I, I worked with a comic that would uh, he would say. And this is, he was a dirty comic, so this is different. But he would say, um, I've never come from a blowjob. And almost every time a girl would offer him a blowjob after, she'd be like, I bet you I can make you come. <laughs> well, but it worked. Move. It worked. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It worked. And he wasn't attractive. <laughs> hey, you know what? I was going to say something to, to your point about the styles of comedy and stuff. Um, 
because we often have this discussion of what's next because in this divided culture and nobody really wants edgy comedy is hard right now it's tough because people are ready to be offended and try to end you but I was saying nobody's seen a good uh, impersonator in a long time. You know, right, we haven't, right. We haven't, I think we're due for a, we're due for a, like a, either a, a Rich Little or our Steve Martin style. Yes. Those, those are kind of styles of comedy that could actually unite a whole bunch, like unite what's they're, going on in 2020. They're coming. Like that. They are coming. They're, they're coming because they're on TikTok right now. Right. Yes. Oh. I'm not kidding you. I've seen a lot of stuff being like, this guy's created impersonations and he's on yeah. TikTok and he's blowing up on TikTok. I think, like, we've talked about this before on this podcast, I think TikTok is going to be a pain in stand-up comedy's ass. Yeah, that's a all these one, people. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not, you're right, because I was reading about, there's a TikTok uh, artist who got, like, a million views or whatever for, for TikTok, and uh, they were interviewing her, and then, and, uh, and she said, I'm working on my late night set in the okay. interview, and I thought, no, it doesn't work that way, no. but I think, but, it, but it's, that's the danger of promoters, too, because. Because all these social media, they give you nice little numbers to judge people right. by. Of course. Everybody's, instead of looking at talent or do they make you laugh, they go, well, it's got a million in that bottom right corner. And that says a million. Well, so there's that famous story of the guy who did Kimmel. He's got like millions of viewers or followers and they gave him a set and he did not do very well at all. Oh, Rob Delaney. Like, Rob yeah, Delaney. like yeah, really, really bad. And that's, you know, if you bought into that, more fool them. Yeah. Wow. I, mean, his, I mean, his career. Is, I would, I would I take, I would it. take Rob Delaney's career to be, to be fair. No, me too. Yes, but my, my point is, they gave him that spot when you yeah. could have done it. I could have done it. Dave or Kathleen could have done it and done a better job. But just because of some inflated number, they're supposed yes. to be better at their jobs than that because they have the ability to hire anyone for that eight-minute set. That's my point. Yeah, it's yeah. dangerous. It has to be recognized as a separate skill. It would be like yes. watching somebody play foosball and then signing them to play for your soccer team. You yes. know? Yeah. Kind of like, yeah. It's an entirely different thing, but I think uh, some promoters are watering at the mouths. Because now that now the gigs are going online, too, to cope through this 100%. coronavirus, I mean, I got to admit, I'm a club comic. I have less on, I have less of the YouTube experience. I have less of how to how to work my audience over YouTube, but people well, who That was do, pretty good. Whatever you did just there, just do that for now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Head magic. Working, <laughs> working the magic. Maybe I can really disappear and then- Oh, where'd he go? Where'd he go? He's over at the studio. He was doing some porn over there. <laughs> but, uh, but that's but that's gonna start happening. I was just saying, because even if you have these online gigs, if you have a YouTuber star who knows how to riff the way that that's done. And then all the hearts show up in the corner. I think some promoters will be like, okay, that guy will fill my club. Well, you it know is funny happens, though, but they so. don't, they don't fill the, that's the thing. They don't fill the clubs because no, no. there is a club that I know that like, uh, books, all of the YouTube stars and all this stuff. And then they come in and I've worked with some of these people and it, they have millions of followers, but there are not more people in the seats than no. if, like, a, no. like any of you would have come and showed up. Like, they're yeah. not bringing people in. That's such a lie. They're because not views do not equal seats. It just no, doesn't. entirely. In fact, clubs should. I wish clubs were more responsible for and realize that it's there. They put make the environment. Well, they, you know what your problem is. You just said you wish clubs would be more responsible. That's yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. They hand it over to a number instead, whereas. People come to that club on a Friday night because they had a good time last time they were there on right. a Friday night. And that's what right. they should be banking on. Because, yes, to, to your point, they, when I've seen YouTube stars here, like they all tank um, yeah. unless they manage, unless they do manage to get their YouTube audience in. But that's right. very rare. A lot of times yeah. they're in front of a comedy club audience. Who's like, yes. What? And uh, they all tank. And then they usually get off stage and they go, uh, it's not my audience. Or I yeah. heard a, there was a great one at the improv one time. I watched a YouTube star die. Um, and because she was doing quirky voices and stuff, but it wasn't even impersonations or anything. And she died, and then she came in room, and she then she said, "There's too many men in the audience." And I was like, uh, "What are you talking uh, about?" Maria Bamford kills, and she does quirky voices. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, when exactly. I lived in LA in '99, we went to the improv and the store, and we couldn't get on a whole bunch of us. And we were funny enough to get on, but we didn't have managers, whatever. And we watched one night of some of the worst comedy I've ever seen build as professional at the improv. Now, take in mind, yeah. this is 99. And there's one girl there, one woman, who was absolutely hysterical. So funny. And she killed, 
but not like an amazing kill, but she did better than most. And that was Maria Bamford. And that was back then. Yeah. Yeah. Maria's yeah. Maria murders. But of yeah. course, and of, and of course she was killing live before she did anything online. Right. Right. You know, and you know, so. my, my, there are a lot of people like to use the Dane cook analogy that, you know, with MySpace. but the thing about Dane is other outside of the thievery and all that stuff, of course, he was an actual comic that grinded it out live and then took advantage of the internet. So yeah, there's something to be said for that. Yeah, his groundswell came from the Tourgasm tour. Yes. Which, which then helped him dominate MySpace. And right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, these great comedians, you, 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 you get on a roll, don't you? You yes. piece a few things together, and then right. everybody says it was one thing. But, but I mean, well, I, even, a, even a comic like Dane will be like, sort of like, a, well, yeah, he, I mean, he sort of said that, like, when MySpace started, he'd get messages after a show, and when a lot of the comics would go and hang out at a bar and get fucked up afterwards, yep. he would go home and he would actually personally message each one of these people that he was getting. So it was like he kind of built this sort of grassroots sort of following where, where people were actually going to see someone that they thought was like a friend of theirs, you know? And, it's and like I made the mistake, Dave. I made the mistake because I would go back and stay in character and I would message these people and tell them to go fuck themselves. That doesn't lead to more people in the city. Well, we but then I think because... But you can confidently I, say your fans have done exactly what you wanted them to yes, do. Yes, yes. <laughs> but didn't Dane Cook, he was, a, he was just like, he had his he had his solid 45 minutes after 20 oh, yes. years in comedy. Oh, yeah. And then he was expected to write a new hour and he just didn't have that skill set. So I think yeah. that's why he just kind of... He also yeah, was. But people, his, still his, are, are still like, people still are still like, a, I'm going to go and see my friend Dane Cook that emailed me and told me about <laughs> the show. People were sort yeah. of like, oh, I'm going to. It's it's sort of like that. That. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I I think I hear that Jay Davis, who Jay Davis was the original uh, proprietor of the Dane Cook mailing list. Mm -hmm. If you guys are like Jay, who runs a bunch of gigs here in Hollywood. And I think he still uses the Dane Cook mailing list to get <laughs> active fans. Sure. It's amazing how yeah. active they are. They, yeah. they, they might think Dane's going to show up every night, but but he's still you know pulling the, them the, out. The problem with Dane, I think, is his fans were 19-year-old kind of boys and girls who liked a certain style of comedy, and then they kind of grow out of that, and he can still kind of do that, but those fans aren't going to stick around. They're very fickle fans at that age. It's not like he had a yeah. bunch of 28-year-olds who loved him, and they're going to follow him for 10 years. Yeah, I do. No, there are some younger comedians who are still huge fans of his that I, that yeah. I run into, it's like talented comedians. But of course, sure. you know, Dane just caught them at that point, and they're right. you know with this great routine, and they were like fifteen or sixteen, just starting yes. to dream of being a comedian. Yeah, and he hit them perfect in that in that whatever that year was, two thousand and three or whatever. So one uh, thing that me and Dave were talking about earlier, before you know we were, we uh, spoke to you. And this is a, an important point. I want to make sure that we ask it is, Dave, remember we were talking about when you're on a show like your Jim Jeffrey show or any show, a writing show, Monday morning, you remember you brought up that point? Right. About how I'm, you've got to I'm go always, ahead. I'm always curious about like, like I said, you know, I like the Daily Show. I like the Jon Stewart years a little bit more, but I mean, like I like the Daily Show, the Jordan Klepper show that he had one for a while. And I'm, and even the Jim Jeffrey show, I'm always curious. Sort of like, like when you finish a show, it, it goes goes out into the universe and then Monday morning comes and you have to sit down and you have to start writing another show. I'm yeah. always wondering like, how do those, how do you block together a show? I can tell you our whole run. So we did, so we, we filmed Tuesdays. So we, okay. so we film on Tuesdays. So basically our final run through is Tuesday morning. Our fin right. Final run through, get your marks, get your breaks, uh, you know, rehearse any, if there's any guest stars, you know, we haven't been to rehearse. Like when Brad Pitt does the weather or something, we usually film Brad Pitt's part in the rehearsal time so we can get him out of there kind of thing. So that would be Tuesday morning. And then we film at, I believe it's like, sometimes it's two o'clock, mostly it's two 30. So we're actually afternoons. So we got people in the, um, in, in there, like in the afternoon, like watching it like a late night thing. So we do that so that we can have it in the can by three 30. Right. Um, and, and then it's off. It's good. Cause it's got to air on the East coast by, uh, whatever like like two hours after we finished filming so it's a really tight turnaround on the tuesday night so then then we go home uh next morning wednesday we spend all day wednesday talking about what we want to do on the next show right because we've right. got four slots we got two desk pieces generally two desk pieces a short piece at the end and something cool in the middle it's usually a field piece 
And so and a lot of times the field piece is already decided. So we're mostly debating over what our two desk pieces are. You know, if right. we were doing it right now, it would definitely be about the protests. And the other one would be about uh, probably about COVID. You know, that's the kind sure. of thing. And then and then then we head home once we've had our, our picks. We come in Thursday and we write all day. Whatever topic you've been given, you're paired up with a researcher. He just starts sending you articles and stuff. And then you start writing. And if there's any time that you're like, hey, can you find uh, a celebrity that did a certain thing in 1998 kind of thing or whatever, something for your jokes or whatever, they're there to help you with that. You just kind of grind out jokes. The way I do it personally is I read everything that my researcher gives me and I wait till I misinterpret something. And that's yeah. usually that's usually where I find the right. joke. I'm of going, course. oh, wait a minute. Yeah. That and then somehow how I fucked it up in my head, I then just have to put that in the words. It's usually how I find the jokes. Um, that happens all day Thursday. And I usually come home and write until Thursday night because basically our head writer would be like, please have your scripts to me by midnight. Um, I assume that's because he takes them at midnight. He probably puts them together from midnight until two in the morning um, and decides exactly how the show will flow because we come in Friday morning and that script is ready to go. So all our, right. our jokes, routines, all four acts are in there. And we spend Friday morning reading it. Then we spend Friday afternoon rewriting it you know, and throwing things out the window. And then eventually we go home for the weekend and we just stay in touch with each other over the weekend. But that's generally our script and our head writer can play with it a bit. And then we come in Monday morning for, for, a, for a read through with all the staff, like everybody, like, so we can just laugh and get along. And then we go back to the room. We do a final rewrite Monday lunchtime till Monday late evening until we're happy. And then we're back to coming in on the Tuesday morning, do the rehearsal, do the filming, right. and then we start all over again. So that's the general rotation. And I would say the Daily Show, because they're out every night. So the Daily Show is, uh, you know, that's an even tighter turnaround. I imagine, I imagine the Daily Show, they probably come in at 8 in the morning and they're probably giving their topics and they're right, 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 right. And you right. have to hand in your script at lunchtime, you know, I would imagine. <laughs> and, and how many writers are there on the, on the Jim Jeffrey show? We had eight. You had oh, okay. eight, eight plus a head writer. And, yeah. And I'm always curious, yeah. it's like if you're doing a story, how factual do you like to be? Or I mean, do you ever sort of like cut corners or leave stuff out factually to make it more funny or? <laughs> no, I think we're, I think we always, yeah, we definitely always had to be, yeah, be factual, you know, be factual, um, have an opinion if it's Jim's opinion, you know, try not to get him to, try not to get him to trade some opinion that, that he doesn't he doesn't really feel right but right. yeah you, you definitely want to be factual i mean i don't even find jokes funny when they're not about a factual flaw of a person or something you know like when somebody tries to mislabel somebody this goes back to like that joke that, that you were that you were mentioning of mine about the hiring women and stuff like that like like that is a that that's got some truth to it right yeah you know otherwise you know, otherwise, when you're lying about somebody or something or a social event to try to make a joke of it, it doesn't really work, does it? Yeah, but I mean, there's all, sometimes it's sort of like if when if someone when someone tells a joke and then it's clearly there's uh, there's a piece of logic that's missing from that joke, and then you explain it to them, and then they're sort of like, oh, well, it's like I, I know. Uh, both right. Darren and I, I mean, I get what you want. Yeah, we've got. Yeah, I get those kind of jokes too. Yeah, hopefully. And that happens with quick jokes, doesn't it? Sometimes you can do a quick joke so you can make them laugh, but then, then they think about it 10 seconds later and they're like, wait a minute. But, <laughs> yeah, but like yeah, so in that case, yeah. There's like a, a joke that uh, a friend of ours, Stuart Silver, used to do, and he would always be like, hey, I just noticed that on a pack of Tums, they now come in sugar-free. And hey, folks, if you're eating so much antacid that you're gaining weight, maybe you know it's, it's that kind of, oh maybe that's not your problem right and yeah. uh and then so i remember going up to Stuart silver and saying well Stuart, the reason why that they have sugar-free tums is for diabetics <laughs> yeah, so it's like, once you know that you're sort of like oh well, yeah well actually my joke is kind of dumb now so <laughs> <laughs> are you are you the joke ruiner do you know yes. <laughs> look so at from, that shirt look at that shirt yes he is <laughs> you go from club to club just ruining comments. Factually wrong. Don't do it again. Factually <laughs> wrong. Tell you, uh, 
Actually, I believe it was in 1943 that a, a person was, uh, yeah, I know yeah. it was just one of those moments I, where you sort of, you could do a joke like that, but then the moment that someone tells you, oh, you know, there's a big hole in that, you'd be like, oh, yeah, yo, fuck you, I'll still do that. Yeah, I think I think maybe it's down to the length. The, the shorter joke you do, you can catch people off guard with a, with a brief lie or whatever and get that laugh. But if you're going to do a long piece riddled with with mistruths and yes. and, and bad yeah. facts that's you're gonna fall on your ass well it's all it's always about the length um so one <laughs> question i want to ask you is yeah or with you yeah, is yeah, your show had all the jim jeffrey show had a lot of guest stars and big stars or whatever and obviously you know i'm sure brad pitt was great and, and some of the stars yeah but was there that. was there one or two that you were really surprised at how either funny they were or nice they were I was really surprised at how shy and sweet the insane clown posse. Right. <laughs> yes. we, had, we had insane clown posse on and they were almost camera shy. They were, right. they were, cause of course this isn't their medium. They're not, they yes. don't do, although they're celebrities to the juggalos yeah. and in their environment and stuff. Right. But man, they were out of sorts on uh, like Shaggy Cheeto and, uh, and his other buddy. They were oh, they J, were Violent J, Violent J, and Shaggy Cheeto. Yeah, they were sh they were shy. They were nervous and sweating. And that stuff. is so weird. And it was really <gasps> weird because you know because I think uh, Bright Light Studio uh, clown comedy A shy clown it just mean, wasn't. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it was. So that so that kind of blew me away. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's was, mommy, mommy. Who's that man over there with the face paint just looking at the ground? Oh, that's a clown, baby. <laughs> but they have to know, they have to know that they're like a different demographic. Like when you're not in front of the juggalos, they, they kind of oh. know that people kind of make fun of them a little. You know yes. what I mean? Like, yes. people, like they're a joke. Yeah. Um, I think we had them on though because they had done, uh, there was some sort of social activism that they had yes. done at the time. I'm trying to remember now. It was a while ago. So they had done great. Like it was for good reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, this it, it was an interview piece, right? We weren't doing right. a setup field piece or anything. Proper interview piece. We had them in in the studio and everything. And I think that's what kind of blew them away. They're like, oh, because they just want to be rock stars and yeah. be a rock star. But sitting down with Jim and I think they their respect for Jim as well. But right. I'm like, holy fuck, we're sitting across from mm -hmm. one of the best comedians now and. So, so it was just it was just really interesting to see that. Oh yeah, sometimes movie stars and music stars they'll get shy as well because if it's not their environment. Well, especially you know, you know it's the old story. You know, every rock star wants to be a comedian, and every comedian wants to be a rock star. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, they get so nervous around each other, right? That's just yeah. the way it is. And so I just want to be a songwriter because they make more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to be, be a rock star. I love uh, but what? Well, the, the 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 insane clown posse were labeled as a terrorist organization, weren't they? Yep. Yes. And they, so they were. The, and so yeah. I think that maybe that might have been one of the stories that was going around that they were I, labeled as a terrorist group. So a lot of the women that had families were getting their children taken away from them by child services once they admitted to being fans of inclined clown posse or going to a gathering. And be and being a, a that's a right. That's what it was about. It was the terrorist associations and stuff like that, and how they were fighting it and all this kind of stuff. Yes. So yeah, it was a really good. I mean, yeah, I mean, good for them. I mean, I I don't know. They sing about magnets and stuff, but uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Miracles. But yeah, yeah. How, how does a magnet work? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, uh, we do want to be able to let you say where can people get your album? Let's get that out for sure. Oh, the album's available everywhere. So I just went live on Spotify a few days ago. And uh, yeah, it's around wherever you'd like to get your stand-up comedy comedians. Yeah, it'll, it should be there. <laughs> and if people want to follow you, like your Twitter handle or... Twitter handle is JJ Whitesnake on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> Whitesnake. Yes. I was well, drunk. You're, you're very much uh, the David Coverdale of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it is. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> I was drunk when I signed You're up. You're David Coverdale and Carol King. I remember, I remember thinking, I do remember thinking, oh, another another social media platform. This won't be around for long. So I just yeah. JJ Waits thing. <laughs> and now here we are. Twitter and Instagram are the two that have stuck around. Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone else, all, all of, and it's so funny. People find such security in having mutual friends with people when literally I'm, I'm, I'm so on the edge uh, and want to say, okay, contact all of our mutual friends and ask them to make a choice. 
between me and you. Yeah. Let's see how that works out. First of all, all of our mutual friends are going to say, who are you? And second of all, <laughs> and second of all, they're going to say, I've worked with Dave. I've known Dave for 20 years. Dave's a good guy. Dave's not perfect. And who are you again? It's like you stupid fucking, it's like, I don't know. I just, they don't want justice. They want to win. That's, oh, all, that's they, all they want. Yeah. That's all they want. And I have no time yeah. for those people. I mean, we, the energy I could expel on that, I can expel on, you know, my kids or other people. I'm not wasting my time anymore. Yeah, it's just, they just argue for the sake of arguing and they don't, they close their ears whenever anyone else talks. It's Any progress to be made, you know? It's yeah. like, you know, these, having some social justice, you know, it, it's, it does, you know, it's, it's great if you can appeal to a bunch of people, but it is done one person at a time. And it's sort of like if people really don't want a phone call, if people don't want to call me on the phone and actually discuss things without an audience, I kind of have no time for them. Right. Yeah. People can find. Don't waste any more energy on them. Yeah. No, it's it's ridiculous, and it's. So, Dave, explain explain to us how you fucked up the Twitter account. Let's start there. <laughs>